0: Thanks for listening to Summit PA Sermon Audio, weekly teaching from the Summit Church in Indiana, Pennsylvania. SummitPA.church, every life made different. I just uh, want to just jump in and be a part of what you do. Your pastors are remarkable people. Uh, God has uh, is, is his hands upon their life and upon this church. And I'll talk to you a little bit about some of the things I believe God's put in my heart. Uh, for all of you that are here, as well as your pastors. And uh, there's some things that are happening in the earth today that are pretty difficult. And, uh, you know, 2020 was a little ugly. Would you all agree? And 21, 2021 started with the same, same ugly all over it. But uh, I want to I talk to you about something I believe the Holy Spirit has shown me very, very specifically. That I haven't, uh, gosh, June will be 40 years that I've been in ministry I was seven when I started, and uh, (laughs) I hope it wasn't that funny, but uh, no, I'm sorry, but uh, but God, by his spirit, showed me something last year that in 40 years uh, has never done before, Uh, and and I want to talk to you a little bit about what what he, he showed me in my heart, and it became very real, so much so that it wasn't something that I'd sensed that I'd perceived, but I knew that God had spoken to my heart about something. And it wasn't for my church that I pastor only and for mine and Michelle's life, for people that I knew. It's the first time in 40 years God ever spoke to me at all and dealt with me at all about what he was doing in the nation beyond the walls of our church. I don't know if that's just because he wanted me to be a part of of proclaiming it or because when you're old, he'll tell you stuff that that he's wanting to do uh, beyond the walls of your own life. But back in May of last year, the Spirit of God began to really burden my heart with almost, I would just say this, a knowing that by the fall that the nation would be on fire. And, uh, and I began to talk about that with our team internally. And I didn't know if that was a literal fire or a figurative fire, but it was, obviously ended up being both. Michelle and I had the great privilege last, uh, last summer to take a, 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 two, a one-month vacation and a two-month sabbatical and which was the best decision we ever made in our life, and we're grateful for it. During that time away, I saw something that I know the Holy Spirit showed me, and He said that along with the fires that would be burning in the earth and in the hearts of men, and that would begin in, in earnest in the fall, will become a new and fresh move of My Spirit, and it will be sovereign. Now, listen to what I'm. T- please hear my heart. It won't be because that uh, that I'm that I'm that I'm more spiritual than another. This he said, which will be coming will be a sovereign move of my spirit, which will be upon all flesh. It will fall upon everybody. It won't be one that will be centered in, in pulpits. Now, that doesn't mean God won't move in this environment. Certainly he will, has, and always will. But this is an everyday move of God's spirit to cause you to be his voice in the earth and to rescue people that are broken and lost. And the last thing, and I, I, won't, I don't have time to give this much, so, but I'll, I'll, so I'll be just as succinct as I can. He said there's going to be a new wineskin created. Now, if you know uh, the scripture, Jesus said you don't put old wine into a new wineskin. Uh, it, uh, it, 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 I'm sorry, you don't put new wine into an old wineskin or it'll burst. He said you have to have a new wineskin for new wine because as that wine ferments, it's going to expand the wineskin isn't what's important it's the substance within but every generation has a wineskin if you will that god pours the message through and it can be different ways of doing churches and it could be a variety of things but he really dealt with my heart that he said really clearly in my heart starting in the fall that i will breathe on another generation to create a wineskin for their generation and and so this was actually the culmination of, a, of about a, a two-year discussion, if you will, and something God had been dealing with my heart about that I was very unclear about. I, I, it always bothers me when people that walk with God pretend to hear from God and it's just like someone gave you a book. That's not how this works. You walk with God. We see through a mirror, the Bible said, dimly lit, but then face to face. We know in part. We prophesy in part. That, so so uh, I, I don't have everything. I don't see everything. And so some of the things God had dealt with my heart two years before were very unclear to me. Because about two years before, he so clearly dealt with me, he said, I'm going to bring new wine out of you. And then right on the other side of it, he said, don't ask me what I'm going to do for the next generation and how I'm going to use them, because I won't tell you. Any more than I told people that were 30, 40 years older than you, what I, how I intended to use your generation, don't ask me. I thought, well, Lord, if you said there's new wine in me, but you said, don't ask you, it was a little confusing to me. And honestly, just that's why we walk with God. When it came together, it became so clear to me. I said, son, you're going to have to realize that the next generation, my hand will be upon them to lead my kingdom. And you know, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob all lived at the same time. They all lived in tents together at the same time when God was dealing with Isaac and Jacob Abraham was still alive it wasn't that God was done using him; it's that God had moved his focus to the next generation and he said what will be required of your generation is a humility to decrease that they might increase and what will be required of that generation is honor and if honor and humility will come together he said I I will I will be able to do things at, at a level that will shake the earth and so, like with John the Baptist, I knew that my time would become now to decrease, that he might increase in others. And, and I really, here's the cool thing about a new wineskin. You could take some old wine, pour it in it. Won't hurt it at all. And the new wine that he wants to put in my life will be poured into the wineskins of the next generation. Your pastors have a call on their life. Listen, I, I grew up in the Pittsburgh area. Uh, are you all Steelers fans yet? Did you get converted? Oh, let's just take a moment. Give them a hand for that. That was it. A... But you were in Oklahoma, right? They didn't have any football team in Oklahoma. They all liked the Cowboys. You've got to be demon-possessed to like the Cowboys, but that's that's all right. We can get you free. Jesus loves you. A lot of people aren't running from the Bible Belt to Pennsylvania. And when I met your pastors, and Michelle and I, she'll tell you, we knew there was something special about their life and their calling and they are going to be in our right now this isn't going to be it's happening now already in this move of the spirit that I'm talking about is not to come it's happening right now and your pastors are, are will be one among many who God will use to help shape the wine skin that he will pour out his spirit within and so what an honor it is to be a part of this, to be able to come and, and to add a little bit of value and a little bit of our hearts and and to be a part of this church. I would, in a heartbeat, sit under their ministry. And uh, we're just grateful. But I want to just take a minute and talk to you about leaving 2020 behind and what I believe has been the trap of all traps for God's people. 2020 was was literally like a year of hell on earth. I mean, look, every year has its own garbage with it. You can have enough, how many of you know Jesus said? Jesus said, in the world you'll have some trouble. How many of you have never had to quote that scripture to have it come to pass? 2020, man, we had some trouble. 2021 started with even more. And what's what's very difficult, if Christians don't get the trap that's been laid for them, they are going to be sidelined in how God is desiring to use them. They will be more desirous of being right than being used of God. And I want to talk to you about that trap very honestly. I'm going to just read you a couple sentences of an email that I wrote to one of our staff members back in November. I said, 2021 will prove to be a year of immense, immense kingdom expansion. However, it will not occur in a time of peace. The warfare and anger and bitterness, rage and offense that was burning down our cities will move into the individual hearts of God's people. And I knew when I, when I was writing this that, it, that it, was, it, was, it was what was happening. I could sense it. I could see it in my heart so clearly. Jesus gave us a warning about the hour in which we live. People ask me all the time, uh, hey, are we in the end times? And I'd like to tell you that I'm you know, uh, an expert on es- eschatology, but I don't like to lie to people. So, but I can tell you this, it's closer today than it was yesterday. We're closer to, And if, 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 I, if I do understand the scripture to the best of my ability, the stuff that's happening now is so clearly found in scripture at such a level because it isn't just one nation, it's worldwide. That, that, that we are in an hour that I believe Jesus spoke of in Matthew 24. And I want to take you to that scripture because my hope tonight is not to bring a correction to you, but to bring an open door so that God, the Holy Spirit can do what he desires to do in each and one of our lives individually and then collectively as the church. The only hope of this world is God's people. No, 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 no. I didn't hear this. The only hope of the world is that are the people of God. He so why? why don't you say God's the only hope of the world? Because God doesn't move independently of his people. We are the body of Christ, members in particular. The head of the church can't do anything in the earth unless the body cooperates. My, my, head, the head, my physical head was not coming here tonight without my body's cooperation. And if it did, it would have been a really bad day. The Holy Spirit has something for you individually and collectively, and I want you to see how easily we can be trapped into a very, very dark world. Look what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 24 and verse 12. And this is when he was speaking toward the end of of the age. There will be such an increase. Say it out loud, increase. There'll be such an increase of sin and lawlessness that those whose hearts once burned, say it out loud, once burned, once burned with a passion for God and for others, twofold, will grow cold. Everyone say grow cold. He said, but keep your hope or expectation toward God to the end, and you will experience life and deliverance. Yet through it all, this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed all over the world, providing every nation with a demonstration of the opinions of Christians. With a demonstration of Facebook posts. No, no, no. He said, I'll use my people to provide a demonstration of the reality of God. And after this, the end of the age will arrive. We are in such an increase of sin and lawlessness that it's almost hard to wrap my mind around it. And I I always want to be cautious when I speak of these things because the only difference between me and and, and somebody in the deepest brokenness that you can imagine is Jesus. Jesus. The only difference between me and someone bound without Christ is is Christ. So please don't hear me say like I'm pointing a finger, putting people down, because somebody who's broken needs a savior, period. And and broken's broken, dead is dead. Y'all ever gone to a funeral home and there's five, big old funeral home, four or five bodies? Nobody's judging who's the most dead, all dead. But we're in a world to where today the discussion regarding transgender and that all that all the issues surrounding it and by the way if somebody's struggling with their their gender if what they need is a savior and people who will deliver the love of god to them not my opinion and not my disgust just that was that was free but anyway i want to be careful because i don't want you to hear like let's all shout against somebody who's the discussion isn't that. The discussion is so far down to where the discussion is: Should the government be able to force parents to let an eight-year-old have a sex change operation? I mean, that's crazy that you can't put your head around. Twenty years ago, you couldn't have fathom that sentence anywhere left wing, right wing, wing nut, whatever, doesn't matter sin and lawlessness has increased at at such a rapid pace that good has become evil evil has become good and you watch it happen and if you're not careful something very dangerous can happen to you you can get caught up in not the action of the sin and lawlessness but you will gain a rage and an anger in your heart. Most Christians today have substituted a spirit of faith with a spirit of rage. I, but Pastor John, but I'm right. I'm dead right. But you're still dead. But somebody needs to say it, not you. Yeah, but I have an opinion. Who cares? You married? Anybody married? Okay, wives, you're you're able to be more honest because we're afraid to do this as men. Okay, I'll get you in trouble. Let me be careful. Michelle does not care about my opinions half the time. Over half. I'm being polite. She loves me. Woman loves me, man. I mean woman loves me. But I can see the glaze in her eyes when I'm talking sometimes. like oh. When I came back from the sabbatical, God really dealt with me to be spending more time in prayer with our teams. And one of the days I was driving over to one of the, meet with one of our teams to pray and, uh, and my mind started working about all the stuff that was happening. The inequities of the world. And just like your mind works, right? Because there is a clear distinction between righteousness and unrighteousness. I get that. And in my mind, I'm rehearsing it and I, and I can feel this kind of rage burning in me. And I, I, didn't, I didn't even know I was doing it. And it was interrupted by the Holy Spirit, his presence. I said, who do, you, who do you think you are? Who do you think you are that your opinion matters Do you think you'll rescue anybody with your opinion? I've empowered you with my spirit, which is like a a 50,000 acre field of dynamite. And you're walking around with a cap gun, popping off your mouth. Who do you think you are? I know who I am without Christ. I was headed, I would have been the The addict in my family, it's not a question. I was. My brothers, I'm Italian. Anybody Italian in the room? Come on, help me if you're Italian. Yes. Yes, you can give a hand to the Italian. That's good. I thought they put some of y'all up there. They don't let Italians sit on the floor. It's okay. (laughs) It It is so critically important that we get this in our hearts today. That the sin and lawlessness is not going to make your heart grow cold because you're participating in it. The sin and lawlessness is going to make your heart grow cold toward God and toward others because you are disgusted by it. And we will respond to it in an unchristlike manner. I'm a steelworker's son. I went to Clarion State College, I couldn't get into IUP. Why? They wouldn't have accepted me. Clarion back then would take you if you could pay tuition. The only time I came to IUP was to watch Clarion play you all in football. And I I snuck in on the field and stole my way in. I brought a camera and pretended I was from some newspaper and stood right on the sideline watching the game. Just being honest, that was, my, that was my shot at IUP, breaking in the game, not paying for anything, eating all the food they had for the press. And everywhere I went after that, that's exactly what I did. I said, well, that's not very nice. I'm, would you, I'm just being honest with you. Who do you think you are, John, that your silly opinion, opinions, right or wrong, are going to change the world? I didn't call you to proclaim your opinions. I called you to proclaim the gospel to people in everyday life by the power of the Spirit. Not pastors, people, everyday people, everyday life. It's so easy for this to happen. God's people are trading a burning passion for people without Christ and the kingdom of God for a rage and an anger that will destroy them and those they love. It will turn into a root of bitterness that will defile them and defile many. I'd love that one of those little wrist things that said, What would Jesus post? A relationship with the Holy Spirit of God will purge 2020 out of you. It will purge all the nonsense beyond 2020 out of you. Some of us got two, three generations of junk been given to us by the family. How many of y'all received some inheritance you wish you didn't get? I meet people now that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm 60 and I'm meeting friends, you know, the parents passed away and I said, yeah, we're going to buy a place in Naples with our inheritance. And I'm like, dog, I told Michelle, I said, I wish somebody in your family had money that when they died, you know, I told my dad before he died, I said, dad, you know, I love you. But if you left me four or five million, it would soften the blow when you die. We teased each other. He said, let me tell you, boy, I'm going to leave you. Your mother's what I'm leaving you to take care of. There's a lot of things in our life that want to distract us, to pull us away from our, our, our intimacy with God and the reason we are put on the earth. John the Baptist said this pertaining to the Holy Spirit in Matthew chapter 3, verse 11. He said, I, John the Baptist, I baptize you with water for repentance but after me will come one who is more powerful than I whose sandals I'm not fit to carry he will baptize you or immerse you fully with the holy spirit and with fire fire is a great eliminator you put fire to something it's gone in the world fire destroys in the kingdom fire restores the fire of God in my life burns the things that will destroy my life. The kingdom of God and the kingdoms of this world are absolutely the opposite. And what's happening in the earth today is causing God's people to live in the kingdom of God but act like they live in the kingdoms of this world because they're angry. They're mad. This is unjust. That's wrong. This It, it doesn't matter if you're right or wrong my responsibility is what am i called to do representing jesus so you you, you're just going to say there's no right and no wrong no 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 i didn't say lie to people didn't say that at all but my job is to proclaim that god is no longer holding the sins of men against them but has purchased them with his own blood And then he's committed to me this message of reconciliation, Corinthians says. And here's the message. Go tell them God is at peace with them, no longer holding their sins against them. And he's reconciled them to himself through Christ. For he who knew no sin was made to be sin for them, that they might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And it's all by faith. From beginning to last, it's all by faith. You can't earn it. You can't earn it. You can't earn it. It is a gift of eternal life, but you simply have to receive this gift. You go tell them it's a gift they can't earn. Jesus died for them. He died for them no matter where they're at, what they did. Tell them it's theirs now if they will bow their knee to a Savior. That's your job. Go tell them that. I would suggest to you that most Christians, that message has fallen second, third, fourth, and off the, off the table completely because we're fighting to win an argument or a political discussion. You say, well, What's your politics? I'm probably to the right of Rush Limbaugh on the political spectrum. I'm a very conservative person. I believe in freedom. Forget all that, though. If I truly believe in freedom, I want people who don't know Christ to know Him. They are not my enemy, they're, mission, they're my mission field. I want to talk to you in our, our final moments about having this relationship with God, the Holy Spirit, how easily we can miss what he is desiring to birth out of your individual life. You know, I've been pastoring almost 30 years. Michelle and I started Victory Family Church in 1993. That's a a long time to pastor a church. And in all these years, I've watched some of the most wonderful people, good people, kind people, but so few people have I seen fulfill the mission of their life. They get, we, it's so easy for all of us to get caught up in the things that can distract us from what God, listen, God wants to do in you and through you. See, we don't work for God. We labor with him. That's the difference between religion and intimacy. Intimacy. The religious mind says, God, I will do this for you and do that for you. And do you like the house I built for you? Have any instructions? you like that wall moved? I'll move the wall. And they leave God. They say, you like my wall? Do you like me? Can you, can you pat me on the back? I made you happy? Good God. Oh, thank you. Oh, God's happy now. I am not a master builder. I am a laborer. I get instructions. And the Bible said in, in Corinthians, we labor together with God imagine a partnership with god and in watering others you will water yourself for you to fulfill the mission of your life to reach the world of the influence and the circle of influence that god has given every one of you that here are under the sound of my voice you have a circle of influence that no one else has that is your mission field God will set you up in that environment to be able to share your story, to share what God has done for you and to, and to give the opportunity for people to know a Savior. That's right. I, I'm not one of those people walking, you know, you want to talk, can I talk to you about the Lord? Like to do, would you like to hear about my Jesus? Most people are intimidated to do this. They think they have to be weird. Most of us are weird without Jesus. You're okay. So I'm not weird. Listen, the one who doesn't think they're weird usually is the one that's got the issues. <laughs> Just simply tell what God's done for you. Yeah, but I'm messed up. They, are, they know. So does God. Talk about what he's done for you. And God's mission in your life. I found that when you submit to his mission for your life, he will take you in arenas and and use you in ways that you couldn't imagine in 10 lifetimes. And so many precious ones are over here in their trouble begging God for help when there's a river of the power of God available to me to be used of heaven for the purpose of God to be actually doing what Jesus called me to do, to go tell everybody in my circle of influence about a Redeemer. That's power. It's all. And when you get in that flow, that's what Jesus said it this way. Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things you need over here will be what? Added to you. Most Christians today are wanting the addition before they get into the river. And we've all been, we can all struggle with this. But boy, I tell you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I am watching a percentage of God's people be forced to the sidelines. <clears throat> And their righteousness is becoming a self-righteousness. A better than. The only difference between me and someone without God is Jesus. I was rescued. I didn't find Jesus. He wasn't lost. He found me. He rescued me. I was a mess waiting to happen. If there's any good in me, the scripture said, it's him in me. Finally, this relationship will produce life. I'm going to take you to Matthew <clears throat> chapter 1, a scripture that might seem out of place, but it, I, my hope is that it won't be as we close. Matthew 1:18. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together physically, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. How many of you don't understand what this means? Joseph is engaged to a woman who comes and says, hey, I'm pregnant. And he said, we haven't been together. Who did it? And she says, God. Now, honestly, is there anybody going to buy that? So Joseph's a good man, but he said, you know what? I don't want her to put the public disgrace. We're going to end this thing, and and I'm going to do it discreetly. In verse 20, But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son. You are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. What is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit, which will give birth to a Savior. We are designed by God to conceive from the Holy Spirit and to give birth in our everyday realm of life by the Holy Spirit to the things he wants to come out of you. How God wants to use me and use you are going to be as different as we are different. But so few people know how to conceive of what God wants to do in their life and then walk with God as it becomes and gives birth. And any Christian who gives birth of what is born of the Holy Spirit will literally be used to save lives. There's a lot of things I've had the privilege to see in these many years of ministry. Things I'd never thought I'd see. Rooms I'd never thought I'd be put into. Invitations. that I'm just being honest with you. In a million years, I never would have dreamed that ever would have happened or could have happened. And I think of how God has been able to do things through two people that if you would have picked, if you would have looked at everybody in the universe, I don't think... We were the people, we would have been on the back end of that list to do what we're doing today. Why? Because God said, I will confound the wise by choosing the simple. But because you start simple doesn't mean you end simple. He said, I choose those that are weak, those that are base. Greek words like, that mean this, comatose, moron. It's the Greek word. He said, I'm going to choose comatose morons, and I'm going to move through them. And these comatose morons are going to yield to me, and I will breathe on their life. And they will confound the mighty, because they will look and say, that's not possible. What is it in your life that God has been desperate to breathe upon? But because other things have captured my heart that the heart of many today, Jesus said, would grow cold toward God, listen, and toward people. If the church, if this world has ever needed you to follow Jesus and to conceive in your heart what he wants you to do with your life individually and corporately as as the church, if this world has ever needed you, it's now. And God is moving by his spirit in such a sovereign way. And he's wanting to use every last one of us collectively and yet uniquely in your own life. I want to pray for every person that's here today. Every person that's watching this today. Those of you at Blairsville, I want you to open your heart not to a message, but to the God that loves you, that has such a distinct purpose for your life that he wants to breathe in you and speak into your soul so that you can conceive something that is impossible without him and walk with him and then watch that thing give birth to the glory of God and watch lives. There's no, I've been, as I said, in places I've never dreamed possible, but there is nothing to compare with watching a human life go from eternal damnation to eternal life because you simply did your part there's not even a close second not even a close second when god uses you you haven't lived until god's used you i don't care if you have enough money to start bonfires with it your money will perish with you when i was young i used to think well that would be money matters and it does matter at some level but you get old enough you're like shoot i'm gonna die someday I've never gone to a, a funeral where there was a U-Haul behind the hearse. It just doesn't work that way. And the older you get, what matters more is what matters most. And you get clearer as you get older. Summit Church is one of the churches, your pastors are one of the couples. I'm telling you, I'm not, I, don't, I don't say things I don't believe to be true. God's hand is upon their life to lead this coming generation. They've been here just a handful of years and yet they're already influencing pastors all over this region because God's using them that way. You say, well, what's that wine skin going to look like? What's God going to do through them? I don't know. But I'm going to sit back and I'm going to watch it. Then then I'm going to pour my life into it because it's what God wants. And you get to be on the, on, on the, on the edge of, of serving people in this breath of, of God's spirit that's coming upon the earth. Oh, the, the preciousness of it defies language. So let me pray over you. Pray over Blairsville. Those of you watching online, the Holy Spirit of our God would, would so speak to you today that you could fulfill his divine and distinct purpose. And for those of you that, that at Blairsville, after I pray, this is going to get turned right back over to your host. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for the great privilege it is to walk with you. How can it be that the God of all creation loves us? How can that be? How can it be that you, you sought us and you found us? For every one of us that calls you our Savior, we were hellbound and lost. Father, break our heart. For what broke yours to where you died for people help us to sacrifice for what you gave your life for help us to put first on our agenda what is first for you help us to see this world without christ that's broken and desperate and undone it's not our enemy but our mission field not a discussion to win or an argument to win lord help us to see that people don't need an argument they need a savior Help us to see that, Lord. Help us to not waste our life. For the righteousness of God is never, never revealed in the wrath of man, ever. Your word declares it. Holy Spirit, move in each of our individual hearts. And I pray as you emerge with direction from these, these precious pastors here at Summit Church that we will go all in. To see our world shaken by the power of God. Father, I thank you for the privilege of walking with you. I thank you for this church and these precious pastors. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Love you all so much.
1: Amen. Yeah, thank you, Pastor John. Love you. Grateful for that word. Um, You know, as he was talking, a verse came to mind. and It's from Romans chapter 8, and it just says the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, if he dwells in you, then God will give life to your mortal body. And, um, and the life that's described there is the life that comes only by the breath of God. And maybe you're here tonight <clears throat> and you would be able to say, you know what, I don't know if I really have that life in me. Maybe you're a church attender. Maybe you're religious. Maybe you grew up your whole life in a religious way, but, but you know today you don't have life in you. Um, well, it begins by just simply saying yes to Christ. Maybe you're here, and some of what Pastor John was describing today, maybe that hit a little close to home for you. Maybe some of that turmoil, some of that anxiety that he described, you feel it in your soul and, and you would say, I'm a believer. I know I'm going to heaven, but I've got this, this stuff that I'm dealing with. I want to encourage you. Um, we believe that the Holy Spirit um, can work in your life and that if, you are, if you're running the race that God has called us to run and you're running it without the Holy Spirit working in you, then you're running it handicapped. You're never going to be able to run at the, the pace that he wants you to or, or go the distance he wants you to if you have not said yes to the Holy Spirit in your life. And so I want to encourage you in these two ways. If you're realizing you don't have life, today's your day. And if you realized that you're dealing with some just stuff in your soul, then, then why don't you let the Holy Spirit work in you? Um, so this is what I want to do. I want to pray for you. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes all over this place. Lord, I pray that you would... Minister in us over these next few minutes. I pray that those that are here that don't know you, let today be the day they say yes. God, I I thank you that, God, you don't draw us to you because you berate us or because you yell at us. Lord, I thank you that your word says it's the kindness of God that brings us to repentance. So God, I pray today in this place, those that are watching online would see your kindness. They would see your gentleness. They would see your beauty and that would draw them to you. God, help them experience life today, real life. Lord, I pray for those that are here that are struggling. They just have, they just have an ache in their soul. They're going to heaven, but They are not walking out your purposes and plans. They're struggling. I just pray today would be the day that they would say yes to all of you and they would let your Holy Spirit just take control and do what what you wanna do in their lives. And uh, Lord, I pray that we wouldn't just go through the motions but Lord, let us us draw people to you. Let us be more interested in that than, than winning an argument or being right. Help us to be righteous. So God, have your way with us. Now, with nobody looking around, with your head bowed and your eyes closed, if you'd say to me, Mel, I need to experience life. And I want to experience that life abundant that Jesus talked about. And I want to surrender my life to to Christ today. I, I realize that it's not enough to be religious. It's not enough to be moral. It's not enough to be good. I can't save myself. So I need a savior. I need Jesus today. And I'm ready to start that relationship or maybe... Maybe you realize that, that you kind of walked away from some things. You need to come back to God or rededicate your life to God. So if you'd say, Mel, that's me. Pray for me. Would you slip your hand up real high where I can see it? You can put it right back down. If you'd say, Mel, pray for me. I want to be included in this final prayer to make Jesus Lord of my life. Yeah, thank you. I see you on my left. Yeah, thanks on my right. I see you. Who else would say, Mel, include me in this final prayer. I want to make Jesus Lord of my life. I want to experience true life. Yeah, thank you on my left. Praise God. Yeah, up in the balcony. Awesome. Awesome. I want every person in this place, everybody that's watching online, I want you to pray this prayer with your mouth, but I want you to mean it from your heart. Romans, it says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. So I want you to say this out loud, but I want you to mean it from the core of who you are. So say this with me Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus, your perfect son who you gave as a sacrifice and a payment for my sins. Today, I repent of all I've done, and I'm asking you to love me and forgive me. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, can we give God a round of applause today? Scripture says that if you're in Christ, you're a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. Listen, if you prayed that prayer with us today and you meant it, whether you raised your hand or not, uh, I want you to know you're a new creation. We want to help you take the next step in your faith journey. So the simplest thing for you to do, whether you're here in the room or watching online, is simply text PA to the number nine four zero zero zero. And when you do that, uh, we're going to respond back to you. That is the right number, right? yes, just making sure. <laughs> I blinked out for a second. Summit PA to 94000, And uh, you can select the prompt and we're going to respond back to you. We're going to help you take the next step in your faith journey. If you're here in the room and you prefer, simply fill out the card in the seat back in front of you that says salvation. Take it over to the info center. And when we get finished, give it to them. And they're going to give you a gift and help you take the next step. If you're here today and you, you're one of those people you I'm not going to make you respond, but you know, and I, I'm going to heaven. I'm a Christian, but I, I've just let too much of 2020 get in my heart, get in my soul. And, and I just, I need the Holy Spirit to purge that from me. Here's what's going to happen. I'm going to pray a final prayer over you. And while I'm doing that, our prayer team and some of our staff are going to join us here at the front of this room. And as we're dismissed in just a moment, if you need prayer for any reason at all, but especially if you say, I need, I need the Holy Spirit to help me empower me I want you to just step out from your seat as as we're exiting feel free come forward take a few minutes and let us just agree with you in prayer before you go if you're watching online you need prayer simply to uh, simply email your prayer need to prayer at summitpa.church or let one of our uh, team know right there you can hit the live prayer button we'll be happy to pray with you before you log off today so let me pray for you as our team joins me up here at the front of the room Lord we thank you For people who have said yes to you, we celebrate with heaven for those that are made new and made different in you. So Lord, thank you for that. But God, we're not satisfied with that. Lord, we wanna see our community change and transformed. And Lord, we're not just asking you to do that, but we're asking you to use us. So as we walk out of this place tonight, I pray that you would empower us, embolden us, help us to walk full of faith, full of confidence, knowing that it's not about us, it's about you. So Lord, I pray that we would decrease so you could increase. Let your spirit work in us so we could win people to you, not so we could win people to an argument or a political position or an ideology, but Lord, help us to win people to you so that... You could be glorified and the world can be changed. God, we love you and we thank you for all you've done in this place and all you're going to do. It's in the name of Jesus we pray, amen. Guys, God bless you. I love you more than you know. I'm so glad to, to be your pastor. God bless you and have an awesome night.